What's up? I'm Tyler. And I'm Dakota. And this is the Bourbon and Business Podcast. Where we interview successful businessmen and women to let you in on why success doesn't have a single formula to follow. We also have a little bourbon tasting along the way, because why not? Why not? Why not? So guys, please enjoy this episode and let us know your thoughts at Bourbon and Business Podcast on Instagram. Coming to you from the Bourbon and Business Studio, I'm Tyler. And I'm Dakota. And this is the Bourbon and Business Podcast. How you doing today, Dakota? I'm fantastic, Tyler. How are you? It's great. It's actually nice to see you after lunch. I, yeah, it's wonderful. So it's wonderful. we're going to drink 8 a.m. this time. Right. Not drinking bourbon at 8 in the morning. Um, you want to introduce our guest to us this morning? I do. I do. Today, we have with us Emily Moore, CEO and founder of Moore Media Group. Emily, hey. it's a pleasure to have you. <laughs> Happy to be here. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Tyler, what kind of bourbon did you get for us today? Well, man, you threw me off. You asked my question. So <laughs> today we have Evan Williams, 1783 small batch. And I have to say it's pretty good. 90 proof. You know, we always have to reference the first episode. We gave Evan Williams a hard time, but we've had two bottles since then and yep, they've been yep. really good. I might have to rate this one at a 7.6. Really good bourbon. Okay. Yep, strong rating there for a bottle of your favorite Evan Williams. Yeah, really good. 7.6, so, good deal. Well, we want to take this time to give a shout out to our sponsor, the Capital Club. Some of the best views in Jackson, Mississippi. If you are in downtown Jackson or the surrounding areas, make sure you check out the Capital Club. They have a great atmosphere there, great networking opportunity, and then uh, after hours events. There's a ton of different things. Go online and look up the Capital Club and look at their membership and see what it has to offer. And their view is unbeatable. I know. Best view in Jackson, no doubt. 100%. So, Emily, hey. thank you for coming on today. And we always like to start this off just to get a little background on you. Tell our listeners, you know, where you grew up and then how you got into the role that you're in today. Yeah. So, I am from Picayune, Mississippi, um, which is kind of people here say the coast. It's not the coast, but it's near the coast. So um, if people on the coast would never consider Picayune as part of the coast. Uh, oh, one of those. <laughs> um, we're just somewhere in the middle, but small town. Um, went to Mississippi College uh, kind of at the last minute to play soccer, which is it was a random just kind of how I got there. I wanted to keep playing soccer into college and played for one year and then quit. So, But I ended up staying at MC. I just got really involved in other stuff on campus and um, loved my time there. Finished and went to the coast, back to the true coast, to Gulfport Biloxi for my first job, which was in news. Um, my degree is actually in communications with an emphasis in PR, but I really didn't know. You know, communications is so broad. Like, I really wasn't sure what I wanted to do with that. I just knew it was actually – had changed my major like five different times in college, trying out different things. And it just, what I, As do most people. <laughs> it's yeah. just like, I kept coming back to it. And I think what scared me about it was like, you know, there wasn't a direct path. It wasn't like I, my roommate was in nursing school. It was like, that's a clear path. I had friends that were in education, clear path with communications. I think it scared me of like, I'm going to leave here and not know what's next. Like, you know, up until college, you've always known what was next. So, um, but I, I did it. I ended up finishing with that. Um, my first job was at WLOX on the coast. I was there for a year, Worked my way up from the studio to a producer and then got a producer reporter job here in Jackson um, where a lot of my friends were living. So I wanted to get back to and thought it would be a quick three year stop. And then I'd move on, um, stay in the news industry. But I met my now husband. And I think once we figured out we were going to stay here, 
Um, I loved news. It was a lot of fun. I'm so glad I did it. But I was a morning live reporter, so my shift was like 3 a.m. to noon. No way. Yeah. So you were like, this is Emily Moore reporting live. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Uh, starting at 4.30 a.m. all the way through the 6.30 show. Um, wow. Every, you know, not every morning, but we, because I produced some days and reported some days. But yeah, I did a lot of like breaking news, a lot of shootings, fires, that sort of thing. It was really exciting. I'm, like I said, so happy that I was able to like have those experiences. But I think when Tyler, my husband, and I started kind of talking about a future, I was like, what I liked about news was the morning rush of the morning breaking news. Like, even though those hours sucked, it was like just that job was the only job in the news industry I wanted. And it was whenever we started talking about having a family, I just long term couldn't see it working the way I wanted it to. There are certainly people that do it and it works out. I think for me, um, I just didn't want to have those hours and then also try to be there for my family the way I wanted to. So I ended up leaving news. Um, we didn't have kids yet, but I think just in my long-term like planning for it was like, okay, I've got to find another solution and got into PR. Um, I kind of hopped around. Um, I was at an agency and then I went to a nonprofit and I kind of started figuring out that maybe I just wanted to do things my own way and started picking up some freelance clients. Um, at first, mostly doing video production and social media management. And in 2017, launched more media group when there was no group it was just me um nice. <laughs> just had a planning nice for the future there. ring to it yeah. uh it sounded good it sounded more media just sounded kind of incomplete so we had to tack the group on there and that was in 2017 so we'll be six years old in october so we will be a first grader as i like to say and now we're a team of seven um wow. so had a lot of growth and yeah in the that's last significant growth so, in the yeah. last few years um so that's from there to here with the fast forward and the more media part, because I feel like that's what we'll talk about on the episode. So Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> we call that a tease in the yeah. news. <laughs> you gotta get the people wanting more. Right? <laughs> so what was it like when you hired your first employee? Going from more media group like just one person to oh, we actually are kinda I mean, you could almost consider us a group two people and then, you know, yeah. as more come on, you're like, Man, we are a group now. This yeah. is crazy. Yeah, it's um I always kind of joke that like I really didn't intend to start an agency. I mean, I really just was young and didn't know what I wanted to do and couldn't find a job that like I fully loved. And so I was like, let me just do my own thing for a while. Um, I had an MC student who was a senior reach out to me. We had a bunch of mutual connections um, and she was looking for an internship in the spring. This was fall. This was like a month after I like went full time doing more media. And I was like, I don't know if I have enough work for you, but like, if you need this credit to graduate, like I'm sure we can figure something out. And so she came on and it was kind of just organically, the work kind of came in that filled both of our time and she was really good. And we both just kind of did everything. Like there wasn't really a defining, like, these are your roles. These are my roles. It was just like, let's all just do what we can to make these clients happy. And, uh, work just kept coming. And by the time she graduated, I was able to offer her a part-time job and with like, Hey, come on with me part-time. And I think this will turn full-time by the end of the year. Mm -hmm. Thankfully, I was able to deliver on that promise. We got enough more work that it did turn into a full-time job for her. And then a year after that, um, we added our third employee. And it that, when I, I saw that question, I was like, it, it's such a good question because hiring your first employee, even your second employee, it was such a terrifying experience for me. Because you're like, this is a lot. Like I am, first of all, financially, this is a lot for me to tell this person, I'm going to pay you this much money. And to know that, like, I have to make sure we keep a workload to pay their salary and my salary, you know. But then also you're like, this is someone's life. Like, what if, like, this doesn't work out and, like, more media falls apart in a year and they have to go find a job? And I think as a young 
business owner, that was so like almost crippling. Like when, especially when it came, I think my first one was a little easier because we eased into it with the part-time to full-time. Sure. But after that, it, it was kind of scary to like go to my second hire and say, Hey, leave your full-time job, come to my full-time job. And I promise that it will stay a full-time job. You know, like that's a scary commitment and it's still scary now. I just hired another new employee last week, actually. And it's still, you still have to, you know, look at the books financially. Is this wise? Are we at a place where this is the best solution for everyone? But it's not, I'll say it's not crippling anymore. Um, And I think some of that just comes with like the experience of knowing that like, if it does all fall apart, we're all going to be okay. Like I think some of the growth that has come in the last six years is like me realizing like these people are taking a chance on me too. And that's their decision. And I'm going to do all I can to provide a job that they love and an income for them. But if at the end of the day, I can't do it, they'll be okay. Like they're smart, capable people who can go find jobs. And like, of course I don't hope for that, but I think realizing that like, it's not the weight's not on my shoulders to like give them their lifelong career forever and ever, you know? And also I think knowing I've had to let a couple people go and it's been really hard, but also seeing that it ended okay for everyone. Like those people ended up in roles that were better suited for them. Sure. We ended up with people who were better suited for us. Our clients survived and didn't leave us and stayed with us. And we were able to like get a better product for them in the end. So I think, yeah, there's a big difference in the first and second hire and where I am now. And I think a lot of that is just knowing that like you can be scared about these things, but in order for your business to grow, you kind of have to take those chances, you know, or you're going to just stay at the same level. For sure. And, you know, they say fear is fear, right? And everybody feels that fear, but courage is the ability to work through that fear and, yeah. and go through and, and continue on with the the course of action or whatever you need to do, to do in that moment. So you learning through that, I think is the important piece there. Whereas some people start out just stone cold, like, Hey, you're not going to work out, you know, X out. They don't take that weight on them. They don't took, they don't take the weight of these other people's, you know, financial livelihood and their families on their shoulders like you did and had to learn through that. Yeah. Um, you know, so now you have a place where you came from to look back on and that was your foundation, which yeah. is a hard place to be for any founder. And that's what a lot of people don't realize about having your own business. And Tyler, I know you can speak to this too with you having, you know, your own business now. And it's, it's just a spot where a lot of people don't really think about being in. Yeah. And uh, you know, it puts you in a position that you're, and I know that you spoke to this a minute ago that you, you do feel responsible for other success mm-hmm. and um, you know, how you how you go about that and saying you have to let someone go is you want to make sure you give them every opportunity you can to be successful. But at the end of the day, it's on that individual and whether they're going to be successful or not. And I think that's as business owners or managers, business leaders, like you have to, you have to draw that line and know, Hey, you know, at the end of the day, you can only do so much uh, to make someone successful. It falls on them at some point. So, but you do have to give them, yeah, the road to get for there. sure. Absolutely. So. And I think also realizing like it's not serving them either for them to stay on your team if they're not a good fit, you know, like right. it's really going to be better for them to go find a job where like they can fully pour themselves and like feel like, oh, I'm doing this well, because if you know they're not doing well and the client knows they're not doing well, they probably know it, too. You know, and so I think just I don't know. I mean, it's still scary. And I think any business owner does feel that like any small business owner kind of you saying that that weight, like I think that's just so natural when you're a team of three or even a team of seven is still very small. It's still very personal. You know, you're, it's not this giant company where we don't even know everybody's names. Like we know a lot about each other. Like when Mm -hmm. we do team nights, significant others come with them. Like we know each other's families and like, 
you just get really close when you're so small. And so it makes it harder. But um, like I said, at, at the end of the day, I think it's just making those decisions. It's like, okay, this is best for the company. This is best for our clients. And this is best for this person. I think it was Facebook back in the day or meta now who there was like a HR manager or something there that had gotten let go or quit like years ago, but was still getting a, a paycheck in the mail. Oh, I think I remember seeing, they it got like, one for like, like a long time. Yeah. Like never got filed yeah, properly. I seeing this. And that just blows my mind, you know, how a company can be that big. Yeah. We're not there yet. I would definitely know. <laughs> or or how you don't mention like, Hey, y'all still sending me paychecks. Well, no, like, who's mentioning that? Nobody's I mean, mentioning at some point, you know, you got to pay that back. It's like, they're going to come for it. So you better be investing it or something. Yeah, <laughs> right. No, we definitely know. <laughs> well, one thing that piqued my interest, it sounds like that you had some pretty rapid growth at some point. Yeah. From, you say you're at seven employees? Yeah, and it really was all in the last couple of years. There was, uh, I think when I saw Dakota, and I was like, it was like there was a one-year period where we doubled, where we jumped from three to six in less than a year. And so that was um, just a lot to adjust. Honestly, I'm still adjusting to that. So a lot of when it was the early days I talked about this, it was really just me doing everything. And then it was me and eventually two other people. We were still functioning that way when there were three of us. Like, we're all... We're basically managing accounts and we have our specific accounts and like we're doing everything for those people. But now we're really a team where we've kind of got our levels of expertise. Like it's like we have a creative director and we have a designers and we have web developers and we have videographers and like some people and some people do multiple of those things. But it's like we're starting to realize like, hey, I might have hired you to be an account manager, but you're really better at this content creation. So let's shift your role to doing more content creation and hire someone else to do the account management that is really skilled in communicating and staying organized and keeping the clients on top of things. So for me, my job has drastically changed from being a person who does everything to being a person who builds a team that does everything well and still serves the clients. Um, so I'm still adjusting to that, but that, a lot of that has happened in the last year. And I think uh, a key indicator of a good leader is being able to, a lot of times, just because someone's not great for one role, doesn't mean that they are great for another role in your yeah. business. And being able to see that and help move them in that direction is not only great for them, but great for the company. So. Yeah. And I mean, in our industry, that's like, I think common because we, so at more media, we do public relations, advertising, social media, video, websites, logos, and branding. I mean, anything at all that falls under the marketing umbrella, we do it. So that's a lot of different stuff and a lot of different skill sets. So somebody who's maybe just okay at this, but wow, we see like you're amazing at this. Let's get you doing more of that because that's going to be better for you if you enjoy it and you know, you're good at it and better for our clients because they're getting a better result. And then we can kind of work. So we're just basically shifting into this truly working as a team that like we're not all just there doing the same thing in our own lanes every day. Like we're working very cohesively and collaboratively and um, it's really fun. Like I, you know, I was an athlete growing up and always loved being part of a team and actually like watching the women's world cup recently. um, I even said that to my husband. I was like, gosh, I just miss being on like a team, but then realizing like at work, we're kind of shifting into that mentality, you know, and it's just like, fun to know that you're part of something that's bigger than just you working on something alone. Well, tell us a little bit about because of how fast social media changes and really marketing as a whole, how do y'all stay on top of, you know, being, I guess, cutting edge on what's going on? Yeah, it's nearly impossible. Um, and, And that's what I think another thing that I've learned that at the beginning, like something like that scared me, like that the change and not being the expert, like was kind of terrifying to me. But I think just realizing like 
saying to clients like, Hey, this is this new technology. We're not super familiar with it. Like we're trying to learn about it, but we think we should all explore this for your brand or your company. You know, I think just being able to be transparent with a client say, Hey, this is changing and we're not experts on this, but we're doing our best to figure out how this can benefit your company. Um, I think that's important. Like we're all constantly learning. And in this world, I mean, I think I, I don't know if it was in a question you sent me or if I heard you ask it on another episode, but you were like, where's media in 10 years. And like, I just don't think we can know that, but I also don't know that it matters as long as we're all constantly learning and adapting. And for me, like my job at the end of the day is to like have our team equipped to do what they can to best serve the clients. And so our mentality is always like when we have a new client that we bring on, we always say like, we're not talking about you and us anymore. It's like, it's we now, you know, like we are a part of your team. We consider ourselves your marketing department. So your problems are our problems. And so if there's a new technology that we need to know how to use for you, we're going to figure it out, you know? And I think that's not going to change. I think the relationships and just the way that we serve our clients doesn't change no matter what media looks like in 10 years or what new tools and apps and networks come out that we have to adapt to. You just got to be open to learning and, and open to saying, Hey, I don't know all the answers on this, but honestly, nobody knows all the answers right now, but let's go try to figure it out together. Right. Well, what would you say, uh, you know, I know it's hard to say what marketing and all that's going to look like in 10 years, but for a business that is, you know, open right now, what would you say some of the most important, important things for them to be doing from a marketing PR standpoint? I think always, again, just the consistent across the board, this was important 10 years ago, this will be important 10 years from now, is just making sure that you're understanding your customers and their wants and needs and their pain points and that you're doing what you can to communicate clearly with them on how you're working to make that better, how you're serving them now. If something changes in your company, just communicating that clearly with them. I think really just building that relationship, whether it's through your email list or through your social media or through events. And depending on what industry you're in, that's all going to vary. But I think just across the board, clients top priority should always be, Hey, what do our customers want? Are we giving it to them? If so, are we communicating to them how to get that? Well, Dakota, I think it's a good time for a bourbon break. Absolutely. Absolutely. Evan Williams, 1783, small batch, 90 proof. I like it. It's good. It's got a good burn to it. It tastes like a bourbon, which I like, you know, I don't like the fruity stuff. You were at a 7.6, and I'm right in that same ballpark. I'm going to go 7.9. Thank you. Almost 8.0. Appreciate you. We'll see what Emily lands out and see how your math goes. Dakota's we'll n- never given the same rating as me. I don't think. Have you? I, it just looks kind of like I'm not trying if I give the exact same rating. <laughs> What's you. been y'all's lowest and highest ratings? Do y'all know off the top of your head? Uh, Clyde Mays is probably one of our lowest. Yeah, but like we. 5.6 or ooh. something. We cheated them, though, because that, that was, that the, first was the first episode, and we didn't know what we were doing. I mean, we still don't know what we're doing, but. <laughs> We have a better idea of what we're doing. We and gave like a 9.8, I think, or 9.7. To Weller. Yeah, yeah to Weller. Oh, and wow. But I would say Clyde Mays is really probably in the eight. Somewhere yeah, in the easily, eight. So, easily. Sorry, Clyde Mays. Yep, sorry about that. Just, they have different just ones, Just being too, really so harsh that first episode. We'll like, have to bring them back on. give them, yeah. <laughs> we'll bring them back on. Emily, what are some of your biggest challenges and successes? We We know you love serving others, and so what does that look like for your business? That's two questions to go to. <laughs> You, you can take them both at the same time, or, or we like one to give you an option, other. whichever one, whichever <laughs> one sounds two completely better. Completely different questions. Um, 
Well, I think we've kind of already talked about the challenges. Um, I think a lot of, I mean, just in marketing, it's just that you're constantly having to adapt. And, and for me, that's fun. You know, like I am Enneagram seven, I'm an extrovert. Like I like all the things I like things to be changing. So this industry is perfect for me, but it is a challenge as far as like delivering a high quality product to your clients, because you do need to always be learning. And then also just like we already talked about too, the challenge of just growing a team, but I would say successes are, I feel like we're working with some really awesome clients and honestly, I can't take credit because I just feel like it's happened. Like we've never done sales. We've never like really actively done anything to go get clients. They just come to us and I'm going to count it as a success that it's just because we work really hard and we develop really strong relationships with our clients. And I think when you do that, they want to tell other people about you. And so that honesty aspect is key too. Yeah. I mean, and I think that like, and I think our clients know how much we care about them and like their brands and that we're doing all we can for them. And so they end up spreading the word about us. And I feel like it's a success to be able to work with people like the two Mississippi museums and Highland village and the Mississippi book festival and fertile ground. And some of these big names that like everybody in Jackson knows that's truly just because somebody told them something good about us and they were willing to give this small agency and Fondren a chance, you know? And so um, to me, that's a big success. And I'm really just, like I said, getting to do something you love. I think that's a success for anyone too. Um, getting to have a career that like you're excited to do every day. Um, as far as what was the question? The, other one, uh, serving? the second question that I asked was, we know you love serving others. So <laughs> what does that look like for your business? I wrote that down as like one long question. <laughs> yeah, I was like, these are too unrelated. So but, that, uh, <laughs> that'll be an, another question. You were acting like me when you wrote that sentence. Uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> So what, we know you love serving others, and so what does that look this like? This is going to happen when you have a podcast where you drink. You know, this, these these it types does. of speed bumps. Will, will I wasn't occur. drinking when I wrote the script. Though. <laughs> you should have blamed Adam since he's not here. Could have been. I could have. It was all his. I'll fault. take responsibility. Um, no, so I think like we definitely. There's nothing blatantly like we don't have like big corporate team serve days or anything like that. But we do take on like we we have nonprofits that reach out to us and. Um, a lot of times, like if workload allows, we will do some of that stuff pro bono. Like we've done stuff for Casa of Hines County, which just recently launched for, um, to help with foster care, which, you know, is something that's near and dear to my heart. And, um, and you do a fantastic job of supporting them. Well, so. thank you. It's a, it's a big need in Hines County. Um, and then we, the book festival, we do donate, we, we do, they are a paying client, but we do a lot of stuff for like in-kind sponsorship type stuff. Um, and there's a lot of just other nonprofits through the years that have reached out and needed help. And those are the people like that are doing really cool things and have cool stories, but they don't always have the funds to like hire an agency to help with that. So when we can, and when people ask, like we do try to, to help them, um, kind of better tell their story to a broader audience. It sounds like we need to get some of them on the podcast too. I'll, I'll hook you up. It'd be a great, it'd be a great <laughs> opportunity there to actually know what's going on for some really great things in Jackson yeah. that don't get the publicity. And there's have. a ton, I mean, there's a ton of good people in Jackson doing really awesome things. Um, and yeah, I'll, I'll get y'all to hook up with those. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> what would you tell a young entrepreneur, someone that's saying, Hey, I want to get into media, uh, maybe PR, what would be some of the most important things they could be doing? Maybe they're in college right now or high school, or even maybe they're looking to transition jobs. What would, what would you say is the most important things for them to be looking at? Well, I think a young entrepreneur, like anybody starting their own business, no matter what industry it is, um, some advice, I would have some advice for them. I think that translates across the board. And the first thing is I used to be really scared to hire people that were better than me at something or smarter than me, Ooh, or, you know, yes. um, cause it's intimidating. Like, again, I kind of said this with clients, but with employees as well, it's like, 
well, if I'm the boss, I should know the most and I should be the best. And that's not real, you know, like that's no good way to grow a business. Um, because if I'm the smartest person in the room, I have to be the one doing everything all the time. And that doesn't mean I'm hiring the best people I can because I'm not that smart. You know, and So I think I would say hire people that are better than you at stuff and hire people who are smarter than you, because that's how you really build a team that becomes really strong all the way across the board. Um, but it, it is something I think that a lot of entrepreneurs starting out are scared to do because it's hard. I mean, it takes a humility to say like, oh yeah, thanks for pointing that out. I didn't even realize that. Or like, you know, like to, to say, Hey, you do this better than I do. Can you help me with this? Like, that's weird to do if you feel like you're supposed to be the boss, you know, but it's important. Second thing we've touched on this a little, but everyone isn't for you. I think that was, again, I don't know if y'all are into Enneagram at all, but Enneagram seven is very much like want to do everything, want to go everywhere, want to be friends with every person. And I think for work, two sides of that with clients, every client's not for you. Like we're not a good fit for every business out there. And I think accepting that and realizing that and kind of going for those like, oh, this person, we know we would work well with them. Let's go for this instead of like getting disheartened because it didn't work out with this client that maybe just wasn't a perfect fit. And then same with employees, you know, just like whenever I am hiring, everybody I interview, I want to hire. And it's like, you can't do that. You've got to just realize like, it's not going to work. Like everybody can't work here. We can't work with everyone. That's not a real thing. And so drawing that line and being okay with like saying that client's not for me or that employee's not for me and um, being able to just move on from that. Um, and then my third thing that I didn't do until this year is to hire a business coach. I wish I had done that earlier. Um, and there's a lot, you know, there's a lot on the internet. There's a lot of Instagram coaches. And some of those are probably really great, but I ended up getting one that was like personally recommended to me by somebody who had like seen her be successful. And we meet in person once a month and we've just started doing that this year. And it's already been huge for my business and me, as we talked about, I kind of shift into this, like, I guess, team leader type role instead of like constantly being the one to do everything. Like she's really helped me understand how to build a strong team and I think that if I had done that a couple of years ago, even could have saved me a lot of stress and anxiety. <laughs> and you touched on one key thing there, you know, not everybody's for you. And I've, I've been fortunate, you know, so true. Um, I, there have been a ton of people that have supported me to get me to the place I'm at and would not be here without them. But I think, and especially from a client standpoint, it's being transparent with your clients and telling them, Hey, like this is what we offer and you know this is how we offer it not in a not in a rude way or anything like that but for them and for you i think that that goes a long way when you can de- determine on the front end if you want to do business with that person or not it uh really frees up your time and mm-hmm. gives you more time to go out and maybe find the next client and stuff like that so yeah. i think that that is a very crucial thing to and even with the people that you're hiring you know mm-hmm. early on i think a lot of times we're tempted to be like yeah you know this is great place to work great place to be but then, you know, a lot of times it's left off. Well, these are the, you know, this is what we need you to do. Mm-hmm. And this is what this looks like. And I think that just being transparent with people and no matter what you're doing helps, you know, push the needle forward yeah, and absolutely. and helps, you know, for the total growth of the company as a whole. So, mm-hmm. And you spoke a little bit about the business coach. And I kind of want to go back to that just a hair because mm-hmm. I think when a business owner, when an entrepreneur can admit to themselves, Hey, I can be better at things. And they're not in this mindset of I'm the greatest at everything. Like you mentioned, Mm -hmm. 
it opens up the floodgates to two times, three times, four times, 10 times the growth of their business. Right. And I don't even know what the goal of your business is. If it's to be this huge conglomerate of the Southeast or the nation or the world, that's great aspirations. Or if it's to stay small and just be like, no, we're, we're good here. And we want to be like a 10 person team max kind Mm -hmm. of thing. Um, but what has it been like to not focus so much on the day to day and to become more of that team leader type? What's that done for your mental? What's that done for your work life balance? That kind of thing. That's a really good question. And it's something that is constantly changing. Um, I think for me, it, it is about that balance that I feel like I had lost when I was trying to do everything, um, all the time. And I think it's been, it's getting better. I'm still in the weeds. Like I, I still am doing a lot, but I think it's, it's all about hiring people that you know you can trust to handle it without you. And then you have to like spend time investing in them and like making sure that like they feel good. So it is a lot of like, I'm still going to meetings with clients that I feel like maybe I don't have to be at like six months from now, but right now I still am, you know, to make sure everybody like can do what they want. But I I think that long-term my goal is, to be able to, and okay, first of all, you said, where's your business going to be? And that my first meeting with my business coach, she asked me that. She was like, where do you want your business to be in five years? Maybe, maybe I'm in the wrong job. No, there you go. Hire Dakota Tate. Um, no, I, she asked me that and I was like, I don't know. Like I've never thought about it because I didn't even mean to be where I am right now. You know, sure. like five years ago, I wouldn't have told you I wanted to be here. And there's nothing wrong with that. But I like it here. Yeah. So I'm going to stay here, you know, but I mean, I don't know. Like, I do want to keep growing, but I don't think there's a number in my head. And I think I just, I'm like, as long as we're having fun, doing cool work, making money, let's keep doing it. You know? <laughs> Amen. Well, and I like the fact that you're, you know, you've got a business coach, like, and you're putting a plan in place to get there. Yeah. And I think a lot of times, you know, I mean, it's worked well for you, mm-hmm. you know, getting started. But a lot of times we forget that, you know, having that plan and having someone help push us along the way is very crucial to growing a yeah. health, healthy company. For sure. Because at some point you'll get to the size that, you know, that will matter. Yeah. So. And just having someone to say, hey, I'm thinking about trying this out in my company and just get some ideas from someone who's done this for years and done this with other companies and seen success. Like she knows like what works and what doesn't. And so being able to talk through ideas. But to answer the original question of like how it is going, I think it's been really good. At first, it's pretty scary to be able to like let go of control because that's what you have to do. It's like you're saying, hey, I'm trusting you, my employee, with this, and I'm not going to be involved. So I hope it goes well because if not, <laughs> it's like it's going to hurt all of us, you know? And it's like you just that don't is, have the capacity as a person to keep everything like no, that. No, like as we grow, I can't be personally involved with every mm-hmm. single account. But as I take steps back from doing day to day stuff, I can be part of the big picture conversations with more and more clients if I'm not doing day to day for some clients, you know? And so for me, it's been great, but I really think looking down the path, I think it's going to be even better three months from now and six months from now as we're kind of getting some of these systems in place because it is still new, you know, I'm still stepping back and I have a new employee coming on, you know, like, and so every time that happens, it is like, I am much more involved when we have new people come in, but I think, and I don't want to like, step away to go do anything else. I think like, I just don't want to be so in the day to day that I can't look up and see the big picture or, you know, I don't want to be reactive to everything with our clients. I want to be able to like have enough creative space in my brain to be able to like be forward thinking for our clients and be part of these big picture meetings and dream with them about what we could do. And that's hard to do when you're in the day to day, you know, you can only do that with time and space. Mm -hmm. 
and you got to think about the your company too and yeah. the big picture for you and and where do you want to be and you know I gotta figure that more, out <laughs> yeah, giving some more thought to that and staying where you are there's nothing wrong with that so and just feeling the flow there's nothing yeah. wrong with that either you know and y'all know for me I mean whenever you know you want to record on a Saturday and I was like I can't I also have developed I think strong I have a four year old and a two year old so in the last few years that's kind of changed for me. I used to work really late and, you know, and now it's like, I have a very strict boundary of like, I'm home in the evenings with my kids. I'm home on the weekends with my kids. If I can sneak out early and go pick them up from preschool early and spend time with them, I'm going to do it. Um, that's really important to me and in this season. And I don't think that'll change either. And the more I set up my company to where I don't have to be the one to respond to everything, the more it allows me to be present in my home as well. That's fantastic. And they're going to see that too, growing up with that. And they're going to look back and think, man, Mom did it all. We know? always joke that our four-year-old, um, you know my four-year-old, that she's gonna actually she's gonna take over the company and kick me out one day. She she's a force she to be reckoned with. <laughs> well, and I think you know it sounds like you're very structured, and I think having a structure and a schedule and just you know it frees you up so much because you are able to to make the best use of your time. So that's a very crucial thing. If I would say if you're a young entrepreneur and you're in business out there, you know don't wake up and start your day without knowing what you're going to do because you'll probably waste a lot of. Yeah. I mean, there definitely has to be a plan and like, that's, you know, that's something that I think again comes with hiring people with different strengths, being in a creative industry, like not everybody that works for us is like as organized and having a plan, but having people on our team that say, Hey guys, we got to like all get on the same page. Let's get this project management software. Like that literally happened a couple months ago. Our creative director who just started this year was like, hey, we need to try out this new project management software because it's going to help us as a team be more organized. And we've all switched to that. And it's been so good for the team. But it's because I hired somebody that had the foresight to say like, hey, what we're doing long term isn't going to work. Like we got to switch it up. And so, um, again, just comes from hiring people that are better at some things than you are. That's always the goal. Well, Emily, you want to give us your rating on the bourbon? Let me give you one one more taste. I said it tastes like bourbon, which is what you said, which I think is the goal, right? Yeah, yeah. that is the goal. That so, is the goal. In my the, mind, that's what I'm, they're that's what they're going for. If I'm drinking a bourbon, I want it to be like, wow, that tastes like bourbon. There's been some bourbons <laughs> that didn't really taste like a bourbon. That's but, fair. Yeah. I mean, I'm gonna give it a eight point two. Okay. Eight point two. And I didn't write down the other ratings. What were I they? was at a seven point nine and you were at a seven point six. six. Let's go seven point oh, eight. Seven point eight. Seven point eight. Okay. Fair enough. Sound? Yeah. Fair enough. I feel like it should be a little. Let's just give him an eight. Let's just round it up. Eight. Okay. <laughs> we'll, we'll round it up. We'll go with what Emily said. There we'll we go. I'm the eight, worst. So like at book reviews, everybody's four or five stars. If it's the worst book I've ever read, I, I'm, I'm not giving them less than four stars. Like I'd be I'm like, the worst reviewer. I'd be like, I didn't even make it through the first chapter. So I'm like, they worked so hard. We should give them a good score. <laughs> well, um, if there's someone out there, some of our listeners, and they say, hey, we're needing help with our company, with our PR or, or, you know, social media or whatever it is. How could they get in touch with you? Yeah. Um, our website, it's themoremediagroup.com. It's more like my last name, M-O-O-R-E. Um, or we're on Instagram, at moremediagroup. Uh, so those would probably be the easiest ways. Well, great. Well, thanks for coming on today. Dakota, it was a pleasure. As always, Tyler. And to all our listeners out there, however you stream this, if you would please subscribe and give us a rating. We'd appreciate it. And also follow us on social media. Just like us up, however it is. Yep. We'll see you all next week. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode. If you have any feedback or would like to be featured, reach out to us at bourbonandbusinesspodcast at gmail.com. Or find us on Instagram at bourbonandbusinesspodcast. Thanks again for listening. Follow us for more content and info on the next episode.